0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Metavertising podcast, your podcast about metaverse, marketing, advertising, and related trends in the tech world. I'm your host, Eli Santos, and this podcast is all about exploring the metaverse and its possibilities with people that are at the core of its development, and of course, how marketing is going to be related with everything. And today, I'm very excited to welcome Adam Wilson. Adam, say hi to everyone.
1: Hey everybody, glad to be here.
0: It's a pleasure to have you here, Adam. So guys, Adam is a designer serial entrepreneur focused on the innovative consumer products. He's designed and shipped net new tech products for Nike, Amazon, Disney, Red Bull, Artifact and more. His Emmy and Google Play award winning work has been featured in the App Store, TechCrunch, Wired, Awards. Forbes, the New York Times, and many more. Currently, he's the founder of Polyform Design Studio. So, Adam, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, and your background. We would love to hear it.
1: Sure, yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, So, as mentioned, my background's in design. I'm a designer. I started in the world of industrial design, so making physical products. I uh, made furniture for a while, started to get into uh, tech at a Pretty early time. Uh, I was super lucky to move into the digital product space right around when the iPhone came out and uh, worked at a studio here in Vancouver, Canada that shipped seven of the 500 apps that went live with the App Store. So we were really early Apple partners for iPhone development uh, and as such got to work on a bunch of super innovative Web 2 products at that time. You know, we worked with Nike on the Fuel Band, which was the first mass market wearable. We worked with Amazon on the Fire set-top box, which is like the first Apple TV style streaming device, uh, we worked with Bloomberg under the trading terminal, um, tons of interesting early days, kind of web two products. And with my background in industrial design, many of them had like a physical component. Um, After a few years uh, came together with a couple developers and engineers I knew from the Valley. They came up to Vancouver. We started our own agency here in the city. Uh, our focus there was mostly research and development for early stage startups and big brands and enterprises, essentially just making net new tech products for consumers. So if you're like a sports apparel company that wants to make a wearable, probably you don't have a hardware team in house cause you make yoga pants, you would outsource those hard problems to us. Uh, so that was awesome. We shipped on average, Thirty-ish products a year uh, for for several years before selling in 2017, and at that time had a team of about 100 designers and developers. Um, You know what was really innovative in that time? We're talking like 2013 to 2017 um, was IoT. Obviously, was having a big time. Early days VR uh mostly 360 video like we were working with samsung on the gear vr which is one you like put a phone into working with google on the daydream uh stuff of this nature uh some really really early days ar stuff but but still like this is kind of after google glass but before anything else happened um before pokemon go and stuff like this um so it it was still still a lot of hardware early days vr and uh, ios and android apps were kind of our bread and butter there started to get into blockchain and the web 3 world and uh, uh the idea of like bigger open 3d platforms at that time um but then after selling the company did some consulting around for a couple of years and then came back with some creative directors from that first studio and started Polyform, which our focus is what it's always been for me in my career is just making great consumer products with the newest consumer-ready technology. And today that means blockchain, you know, working in metaverses like the Sandbox or Decentraland. Uh, augmented reality for sure is a huge focus for us, mostly mobile AR. Um, And then of course, you know, the whole app world is changing into this kind of no code movement. So we're really passionate about, um, you know, removing the barriers to startups, uh, wanting to make tech products that don't necessarily have the tech chops to do it all in Xcode or something. So we do a lot in the no code space as well. And, that's, uh, that's the main thing now is Polyform Studio, where we do all of our uh, studio projects for clients. Then we have Polyform Labs, which is our in house incubator of just interesting projects we want to do for ourselves. And then we have a, uh, a whole arm of the company just devoted to the legal cannabis space, and doing fun and interesting brand and packaging and 3D and animation work for them.
0: Awesome. That's really cool. And one thing that really gets me thinking when... Um when you have, you know, like we have talked before and uh, you have told me a little bit about your background before and now uh, with a lot more detail and uh, and I must say, and I, I, I've told you that before, like I really, I find really interesting, like the way you kind of started in the tech world and the way things have started for you, I, I think it's really cool, especially because you kind of rolled the wave of like the, 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 the mobile hype and like the iOS and whatnot. And I think that's really, really cool. And w- what i think it's interesting to observe is that you know um one thing that i see um i think it's you know a very common trend across pretty much any market uh, throughout the history of like the existence of several industries is that people uh typically they look for um i would say alternatives or maybe options uh, in terms of career and also in terms of jobs and in terms of things that they can do in markets that are typically I wouldn't say saturated but like in in markets that they see opportunities that they can leverage right now but what you did and I think it's really interesting is that you really strive to get into innovative markets where most of the people didn't know what was happening back then and uh, and then just made these kind of I wouldn't say these were bets but like you kind of like believed that these were going to become some something really interesting and then jumped into it and then it really did and and then you ended up riding the wave right so I think that's really interesting and it's um it's something that um you know I try to kind of like implement this mindset I would say in my life because I think it's really you know it's really important if you want to be at the forefront of new technology and new and you know innovations and whatnot you kind of have to risk it a little bit as well right
1: absolutely absolutely yeah we uh you know at polyform we have this saying it's like printed up on the wall and stuff which is uh ride the crest of the wave and it's kind of a surfing analogy where you're you know you look out from the beach onto a bunch of surfers and there's the one person dropped into the wave and they're having all the fun and the wave is kind of pushing them forward. And then behind the wave, there's like 60 people in the water, all paddling, fighting for the next wave, right? And, and that's kind of how we think about consumer technology is that you've got this new stuff coming out all the time. And as long as you're on top of the new stuff, it'll kind of push you forward. But if you're back there, trying to be competitive, designing e-commerce websites or something, you're just with the sharks, you know, there's a million other companies doing this kind of work. Uh, and that rate is accelerating too. Is uh, So, you know, I, I teach a lot as well. So I, I'm trying to get involved with the local universities, local design programs, and you know, uh, inspire this next generation of designers coming up to kind of think this way. And another kind of analogy I use is like, if you go into the computer science department at the bookstore at the university, and you look at web design, web development, there's like four rows of books. But if you go to augmented reality development, there's like two textbooks. So if you think about it like that, it's actually much easier to be an expert at these emerging technologies as well, because there's kind of less to know right? You read those two textbooks, and you know, most of what is like, professional knowledge in this sphere, right? And then you follow a few of the right people, and they talk about what's coming next. Um, But when you're focused on technologies, like even iOS now, Android, the web, stuff like this, uh, that have been around for 10 years, there's so much information, there's so much competition. It's just always a better idea to be on that wave as much as you can be. And you continue to remain relevant, you know?
0: Definitely. And I think, um, not that you cannot make money on crowded or maybe saturated markets. You, you, you can still make good money, you can make a good living, and you can build a, a, a sure. solid career for sure, you know, but uh, at the same time, you know, like you're not gonna be um, at the edge of innovation. You're not gonna be exploring new technology. And uh, something that you mentioned that I think it's really interesting that I would love to point out before we jump into the the, the main topic, which is <laughs> everything to do with uh, innovation. Um, something that you mentioned that I thought was really interesting is that uh, I think that's also one of the reasons why many people don't jump into these innovative technologies. Because as you said, like there's not much to know at this point, you know, like there's not much knowledge about it out there. So it's harder for you, if you want to be at the edge of innovation, it's harder for you to push the boundaries in that sense, because it's like, um, there's so, there's not much about it out there. So it's hard, not only it's harder for you to learn about it, but also harder for you to find the opportunities and find the sweet spot between, you know, building a career and at the same time, exploring something innovative. So I think it's important to observe that as well, you know, it's one of the reasons why it's hard, but it's also one of the reasons why it pays off, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And this is why, you know, whenever I'm talking about innovative technology, I try and slip in the word consumer or consumer facing, innovative consumer facing technology. So focused on stuff that is ready for market, you know, like augmented reality, love it, work in it every day still not quite ready for market but we're you know we're we're trying to contribute to its market readiness as much as we can but say if you're a designer at the start of your career trying to specialize in augmented reality right now it's tough because there's not that many jobs because it's not consumer ready but as soon as it is consumer ready you'll have this kind of golden period where the demand outweighs the supply of people with the talents and skill sets And even if you're a junior, you're gonna be in high demand and be able to move up the ranks and kind of stake your claim in this new world really quickly. Uh, So it's, yeah, it's all about timing, right? Like everything else in tech.
0: Definitely, and I, but I, I absolutely love this perspective, and I think it kind of uh, gives us a, a good introduction to the main topic that we're going to be discussing, which is the future of AR and VR in the metaverse, right? Or maybe related with the metaverse, and uh, obviously has everything to do with innovation. So I think, uh, as we were discussing previously, a great way for us to kickstart the conversation and just discuss this future of AR and VR is uh, to look back a little bit at what happened. At CES this year, uh, the consumer uh, electronics um, event, and um, and just based on that, you know, uh, potentially uh, think about an outlook for the entire year, right? So uh, I would love to hear from you. uh, What do you think, uh, what happened at CES that you think really caught your attention? Um, I remember you mentioned in our previous conversation, like uh, the quality of the headsets and whatnot, and like some of the emerging tech potentially. So I'd love to hear from you a little bit about that. What like really caught your attention and what do you think it's worth uh, us for everyone just paying attention to and you think it's gonna be one of the trends potentially?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is a great point. Um, I think, you know, CES, uh, for those that aren't familiar, stands for Consumer Electronics Show. This is in Vegas every year at the start of the year. Huge, huge technology expo, the biggest one. Very focused on hardware, right? It's kind of a trade show to show off new consumer hardware. So what we saw, of course, um, you know, on one side, you've got Apple that just kind of does things differently from everybody else. So they never reveal new products at at shows like this. Obviously they have their own shows, WWDC, et cetera. Um, So so nothing from them, of course, but uh, all of the other producers, smaller companies, maybe you haven't heard of in the VR space. uh, Of course, you know, Meta was there. Talking about the uh, the Quest Pro, uh, you know, which is you know mixed reviews. Anyways, um, HTC was there uh, announcing their uh, uh, XR Elite, which is um, you know if you're familiar with the HTC Vive, it's it's a great kind of higher end version of kind of the uh, the Quest or the Quest Pro or something. Um, So this is uh, uh, a pretty big step for them, you know, uh, revealing a new headset that also has color pass-through. So if you're familiar with the Quest and pass-through mode, it basically just means that you can go from being in virtual reality, a fully immersive experience where I can't see the outside world, and then at the flick of a switch, I can see a um, a kind of 3D representation of the actual world around me. It's not a, a uh, video camera feed. It's a kind of LiDAR point cloud. Um, but in this way, we can use virtual reality headsets as kind of an augmented or mixed reality, uh, you know, experience or, or kind of uh Beta, anyways. So, HTC now having a color pass through mode, as well as uh, the Quest Pro having uh, an enhanced pass through mode, is bringing more AR experiences to headsets, which is incredible. Um, Then, of course, there was a whole bunch of uh, AR glasses, different uh, AR headsets, you know, all types of different com- companies called, uh, one called Virtue. There was, uh, Realware released, um, a new headset, uh, on a lens was another one, uh, talking about some, uh, uh, MR goggles that they've been working on overall, just like a ton of new devices, you know, um, This is super interesting, it's super exciting. It's also kind of like if you go to uh, Best Buy and look at the laptops, right? There's like Windows laptops, there's Mac laptops, and then there's like 60 other companies that make laptops that you don't really care about. Um, That's most of who we heard from is like all the other laptop guys. I think who everybody's really excited to hear from is, is Apple for sure. I, I think there was a lot of hype around the Meta Pro that kind of fell through with like the shitty battery life and the uh, the weight, so it's like a very heavy headset. Um, this new HTC uh, product is super exciting, but I think everybody's still kind of waiting for, for the big news, which is the, the assumed uh, Apple reveal of their mixed reality headset later this year.
0: Yeah, I was um, personally, you know, for those of you who are listening to us, uh, I'm sure there's some of you that follow me on uh, on LinkedIn. And I've been like, every time I hear about new leaked information about the new uh, Apple Mixed Reality headset, I typically post on LinkedIn because people, you know, absolutely love and like they're waiting for uh, this new device. And as you mentioned, and I think that's the perfect perspective right there. Like, I think there are uh, uh, like, let's say, typical or maybe regular manufacturers of headsets and then there's apple which like it's a whole different game it's a whole different thing you know um obviously i don't need to explain to our listeners why is it that apple is so different but um but since we're talking about you know like we've You've you've mentioned Meta, you've mentioned HTC, and I absolutely love their devices. Um, I'm a huge fan of HTC. Um, I I think they strive for amazing quality. They've been uh, involved in amazing projects, and uh, they have a lot of experience with manufacturing hardware. So I'm a, I'm actually a huge fan of HTC and also Meta. You know, um, I know that the new HTC device was launched as kind of a way to compete with the Quest Pro, um, and so it's definitely an amazing device worth checking out. But then as you said that then there's apple you know where like it sits kind of sits in a different category so we're going to be talking a little bit further about um you know like the innovations that uh, that, that the apple uh headset is going to bring and i think that's going to kind of like uh we're going to be mentioning several different things throughout the conversation but i think first and foremost like um going to be a whole different game, right? To start with the price, it's going to be est- estimated like the rumors say that it's going to be priced at $3,000 and then it's going to have a next level type of um, eye tracking and also hand tracking. So uh, the idea is that you're, you know, you can use controllers, but then like the, 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 the point is that it's so seamless that you can just use your hands and then the color pass through is apparently amazing as well. Um, they're going to have like a little switch in the headset in order to change in between in virtual reality and augmented reality so there's all sorts of like amazing amazing features not to mention the displays which are rumored to be like really really next level like the first device we're going to be able to get uh, 8k uh in terms of uh, mm-hmm. virtual reality so it's you know obviously going to be a next level device but this is going to revolutionize the metaverse as well right obviously mm-hmm. because um yeah. like if you think about if you if you look back in history Uh, What Apple has done, when Apple created the iPod, for example, they revolutionized the music market, right? I remember Mm -hmm. you could purchase uh, individual songs for ninety-nine cents on iTunes, and you know, like that was all people were were loving it, and people were buying songs on iTunes, and they actually made Mm -hmm. a lot of money for that. And then there was the iPhone with the the app store uh, where you could just, you know, download these. I, I remember back in the day there was this really silly apps like, for example, uh, lighting a candle. Or maybe oh, yeah. like um, as you as you mentioned in our last conversation, like uh, horn sounds. You know, like you just yeah. push a button. <laughs> there, there were different horn sounds. So there was these really simple, really kind of like stupid apps, but uh, but it revolutionized like the, the 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 market as a whole. You know, because people wanted to download apps, and some would mm-hmm. have to pay for it, some were free and whatnot. So it revolutionized it. So I think it's gonna be the same with the Apple new headset, where like when it comes That's in, so there's right. probably gonna be. Like a reality um reality store or maybe app store for, for for virtual reality or something like that where you're gonna have all of these apps and like it's basically gonna be uh, a, a gold rush you know all over again so exactly. it's gonna be a game changer
1: yeah yeah absolutely yeah you nailed it that's and you know you mentioned before um how you know just looking at my career, I try and stay on top of what's new and what's coming up. Being there at the start of the iPhone and seeing that, like like you say, gold rush, that period of differential where the supply much outweighs the demand of quality applications or people to be able to build them. Um, I, I've been waiting for that again for like a decade, you know, and uh i i have always thought ar is going to be that next product um it's not you know but it's all about consumer readiness right and the consumer expectations are higher than ever like when the iphone came out um you know we were still in an era where the internet sucked not everybody had a pc people surely weren't working on laptops at home you know it it was a very different world um but you know and that's why like blackberries and palms and stuff like this were like doing okay but they were kind of just you know for business people um the iphone came out and it was like so next level people didn't even know what to expect. It exceeded expectations because they didn't even have any for advice of that category. And and we're seeing this with ChatGPT right now as well, right? Is that like this product came out of nowhere, created a new category people, you know, like most consumers and regular tech or non-tech folk weren't expecting. And then to be able to use it and get great results, uh, it exceeded their expectations right away. And there was a huge opportunity there. Um, It's so hard to do that in hardware now because people have been watching movies about virtual reality for like 30 years, you know, and it's it's they've been playing video games that are amazing, you know, until I can put on my VR headset and walk into Fortnite at the same frame rate I played on PlayStation, it's not going to meet my expectations. And that is a big issue that you know uh, Oculus has been dealing with, Quest has been dealing with, HTC has been dealing with, trying to meet people's expectations, even though the hardware wasn't really ready for it yet. I think the Apple device is going to be the first thing that comes out that actually meets people's expectations by keeping expectations in, in some areas low, and highlighting new opportunities that uh, we didn't even foresee before. I think one, a a big one, I think is going to be media consumption. You know, like you said, with the 8K liquid retina displays, sitting on my couch with this headset on is the same as having a 200 inch 8K TV in my living room. Why would I watch it on my shitty 4K TV? it's only 60 inches if I could put this on and have like a full you know I've got the the spatial 3D audio the Dolby Atmos with the with the incredible sound and I can have like a full theater experience at home you know I can watch that new Avatar movie and not feel like I'm missing out on the quality watching it at home instead of in the theater and I think that's something that none of the other headsets can do none of the other headsets have a library of Content to do it with, and in that way, I think this Apple device is going to exceed consumer expectations in some key areas like that, and create an opportunity uh, where it'll it'll really take off. So, can't can't say how excited I am. Not to mention like the full library of AR experiences that already exist using AR Kit that people will be able to use through pass through mode. Plus, a huge library of games um, made with the metal 3D rendering engine that would be, you know, maybe they're not all formatted to be played in VR, but at the very least, they could play them on a 200-inch 8K TV, right, Um, at 60 frames a second. So, it's uh, it's coming out of the gate with so much content that I think uh, where the headset doesn't meet expectations, which is like everybody wanted glasses, right? They want to put on Ray-Bans and be like a minority report Iron Man. And we're just like not there yet. So we're inherently not going to meet consumer expectations there. But I think Apple with the focus on media consumption is going to exceed expectations in a really uh, surprising way for a lot of people. And, and it's going to create kind of a whole new c- category like they did with iPod and iPhone.
0: Yeah, definitely. I couldn't agree more because, you know, um, one thing that people often forget is that, you know, virtual reality uh, goggles or maybe even augmented reality glasses or, you know, whatever it is, it's not always about the metaverse, you know, so there's a whole set of things that you can do in these devices that are going to be interesting for consumers, as you said. So, for example, for me, one bet that I think not many people are looking into, but I think it's going to be huge. It's definitely sports. So the sports industry is going to be revolutionary with virtual reality and augmented reality in general because it's gonna make these games like extremely more interactive you know and more immersive for the consumer so it's gonna be amazing you know it's gonna be awesome and so think if you're you know a sports fan i'm not a diehard sports fan but if you are like it's gonna be a game changer for you and if it's a game changer for you a sports fan you know there's there's so much money in that market, and so um, it's not just about the metaverse itself. There's all of these different categories where um, it could be extremely impactful, just because it exists there. You know, not necessarily has this uh, extremely interactive and immersive content, but like just the fact that you created like something for that category, some features um, that could be adapted. I think it's going to be a complete game changer, and um, and and as much yeah, Do, would you like to add something?
1: Yeah, yeah, just just one thing there because you make such a great point about the sports and uh, this is something like I mentioned earlier. You know, we've been building and developing for VR since you know a, a VR headset was a phone inside of a plastic case on your face, right? And the dream for so many sports organizations and media companies has, and, and concert companies and stuff like this, has always been. To put, you know, a, a three sixty camera in the front row of, you know, an Elton John concert or something, and then for be able people to be able to stream that in VR, and for them to sell that one front row seat twenty thousand times, right, pay per view style, and you know, this is a, a big problem. Um, you know, is that three sixty streaming video are huge file sizes and. Something not enough people are talking about is the intersection of these new headset devices coming out, especially Apple's, with the introduction of 5G. And that 5G is what is actually going to enable us to do stuff like be in the metaverse in 8K and yet not be all choppy and be streaming a basketball game live from court you know, court row seats and be able to look around and see the other people sitting around me in real time, right, is that this wasn't just uh, a hardware limitation of the capabilities of the headset, it was also a uh, limitation of the, you know, information networks we have around us and our ability to stream this kind of content, uh, you know, at a high quality. So that's a super exciting other thing that like not enough people are talking about that the Apple headset's going to be uniquely positioned to do that. None of the other ones will because of the low quality displays. Um, And and to your point about the metaverse, this it's these kind of, um, you know, in like the fashion and e-commerce world, you've always got these like higher end, bigger investment pieces, like a leather jacket or something. And then that same leather company will have like a wallet that's like 40 bucks to kind of get you invested into the brand a little bit uh, before you make the big purchase. Um, I look at this media consumption angle as kind of the $40 wallet to the metaverse is like, if you want people to be hanging out in the metaverse all the time and to have the metaverse concept we all dream of, that Ready Player One thing where everybody's hanging out, and we have avatars, we have NFTs, we have different places we can go and different experiences. Um, step one is getting people into a virtual environment for any length of time. And for people who aren't native to that kind of a thing, maybe they're worried about motion sickness, maybe they're not a gamer, maybe they're not familiar with the controls and stuff. Um, there's a huge barrier to entry still, but if we can get people in there watching movies and then watching sports games and, and they're in a full 3D environment, and then it's not a very big leap to a 3D chat room and then a full metaverse thing. So that that's another way where I think this media consumption angle that Apple's going to lead with is really a, a door opener for the whole industry.
0: You tapped into uh, two very important topics, which are things that uh, we were going to discuss naturally throughout the conversation. And I love that you tapped into it because, like, uh, I think there's two, you know, uh, as I said, two aspects of. Uh, of this thing that I think are important for us to discuss. So first one is um, what I like to call fun versus technical, right? So a lot of people say that you know the metaverse technically should have decentralization, it should have NFTs and uh, creator economy and tokenomics and crypto uh, and and all of these things. And although I agree with that, I think you know technically speaking there are certain things that you, would make you consider uh, a platform really a metaverse platform. So mm-hmm. a lot of people say, for example, that Roblox and Fortnite, these aren't technically Metaverse platforms, but like mm-hmm. I like to look at these things and that's where I make the connection with what you said. Um, you know, these are uh the the like the meta the version of the metaverse that we have now. And there's a reason why users are there because it's a lot of fun. Yeah. You know? Exactly. And I think that's where this one of the biggest uh secret sauces of the metaverse lies. You know, it's making it fun. And when you, you, you talked about sports, you talked about media consumption, I think that's the sweet spot. As you said, like it's going to make people buy into the metaverse and it's going uh, to uh, potentially leverage or maybe increase wider adoption of virtual reality and of the metaverse consequently. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think one, um, one thing that it's important to, to observe is that, you know, the reason why this is so important, it's because it's impactful for the end consumer. It's it brings them a lot of emotions. So I think the perfect example when I think about that is like I remember back when I bought the Quest 2, and um, I, me and my girlfriend were playing around with it, and then just you know just looking at the different possibilities and the apps and the platforms, and then like I was playing um you know Resident Evil, you know all these kind of native you know that everyone wants to play. And then Mm -hmm. she downloaded YouTube VR, you know, on her account when she Uh. was using it. And then when she downloaded YouTube VR, like um, there there are certain parts of the world that it's like her it's her dream to visit these parts of the world so certain cities in France for example and whatnot so that was the first thing that she did she went to France and YouTube VR and just experienced like being in that place you know in virtual reality and I remember her crying you know like she started crying because it was like her absolute dream to go to that place you know and uh, virtual reality provided that so I could see that in that moment she had kind of like this aha moment you know like she finally got it why VR is so important and why is it so interesting and I think that's you know the connection which you said with media consumption and about making it fun you know it's having it's giving users this aha moment which I think it's It's so important, you know, and it's not often talked about. People, like, sometimes I feel, especially with content creators, sometimes I feel that people are trying to push the metaverse and, like, you know, it's the next best thing, you know, it's going to be major, it's going to revolutionize the world. All right, but why? You know, why is it? Mm -hmm. And and so having these moments show you the why behind what I think is going to be the metaverse in the future.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's all about those... um, you know, like I was saying, the point of entry experiences, right, where and getting people to that aha moment with the least amount of friction and investment possible Um, when, you know, like I think for a lot of people, especially if they're, specifically if they're not gamers, um, you know, I know lots of people in the tech industry that aren't gamers. I'm a hardcore gamer myself so I look at, uh, you know, like I bought a a uh, oculus on the kickstarter like the original one still have it and it's you know i've been invested in this from the beginning because i see the logical step from gaming that i do now to this immersive gaming concept but if you're not a gamer i think you look at a lot of vr content the way a non-skier might look at like extreme skiing is it's like guys going off the cliffs it's like only the craziest shooter games and all this stuff's going on and it's hard to put yourself in that position and, and feel like it's for you. It seems like it's something that's just for hardcore gamers. But moving into these other experiences like uh, your girlfriend and, and having a travel experience like this, that's accessible and interesting to everybody if they're a gamer or not. And you don't need to know how to play or do anything. You just have to load it up and kind of experience it. And I think for a lot of people, once they get into a VR headset and they get past that bit of it being for hardcore gamers and get some type of experience, that aha moment comes pretty quickly because it is an incredible feeling to be in there and to look around and see something different from the kitchen you're sitting in, right? And then now to be able to do that at a very high resolution and to have all this amazing content, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be really really exciting to see what people do with it, and then add into that, like there's so many technologies coming to a head at the same time. Like buying a 360 camera has never been cheaper or easier. Like the uh, the new GoPro one is 4K, you know, streams 360 video. Like people will be making content all day for that, watching it on this Apple headset, and then um, of course like Nerfs as well is this whole new field of 3d digital capture where um, you know you can capture an environment in 3d and and traverse it like you know if you're familiar with the Matterport cameras or other things like this uh, it's kind of a combination of uh, LIDAR point clouds and photogrammetry so you know we're only a year or two away from somebody being able to ride their bike through those same streets in in france or paris or whatever with one of these cameras capturing a nerve and then for your girlfriend or anybody else to go into the headset and and literally walk down them you know like a a google street view you know and they can go up to the window and look in it and and go wherever they want and and then you know that's a metaverse that's super interesting who's going to make a mashup of like The six craziest cities in the world mashed up into like one downtown core and you can walk from Tokyo into Manhattan or something, you know, like there's going to be all these crazy experiences we can't even imagine right now that aren't for gamers or just for people that want to experience a meta universe, you know, different from the one that they're in. So it's, yeah definitely. ultra exciting stuff mm.
0: no definitely and um and you know you mentioned which is the other topic that i wanted to bring as well that we're definitely gonna you know it's gonna be important and um and it's worth discussing you mentioned you briefly mentioned for example how 5g is going to enable these things because um and and not only 5g and like you mentioned like the kind of like the combination of all of these new technologies now coming together and then like all many of them becoming mature. So for example, 5G or maybe 6G in the near future, edge computing, uh, pixel streaming, and, um, and all of these things coming together, it's going to be major as well for uh, virtual reality and augmented reality in general, um, which is one of the discussions that we were having in our previous conversation, which is like, all right, so if we have all of this new technology, technology 5g 6g edge computing you know pixel streaming and whatnot uh it and 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 we know that the trend is to make devices uh always keep making devices smaller more uh easy to carry and like making it mobile and making it lighter and uh with more processing power even though it is smaller so we know that the consumer has this um kind of demand And we know that that's something that it's going to happen throughout the years of like making devices smaller and more uh, capable of processing. So it gets me thinking like, all right, so um, are we going to want Um, for example, like a full-fledged VR device with a lot of processing power or are we going to want uh, like a VR device with just a great display uh, inside of it and then all of the processing happens in the cloud or maybe a multi-processor setup that I have at home and then I stream it to my own uh, device. So I think that's also like uh, an interesting trend which uh, being completely honest I'm not sure what is going to be the right answer. Maybe both. Maybe both these scenarios are going to happen some people are going to want to have amazing very powerful vr devices and some people are going to want to stream them um but i'd love to hear from you like speaking uh specifically about you know uh the technology from this more you know technical perspective um all of these things coming together what do you think is the future going to look like in terms of devices
1: yeah it's i mean it's a super exciting time um it's, you know, the power of the device, the battery length, all these things. Uh, you know, we spoke a lot about things being consumer ready or not. I think a lot of it hasn't been, or it just hasn't met expectations, whether those expectations are based in reality or what somebody saw in a movie or what. But, um, you know, the idea of buying my quest pro and only having a couple hours on the battery and it being so heavy was to be honest a big letdown um because but you know everything's getting smaller everything's getting more powerful we're getting all these other opportunities like 5g there's gonna have to be some inventive um hardware decisions to be made. I've heard a rumor lately, I think you maybe mentioned it on LinkedIn, about a new Apple headset having a belt warm battery pack. So like a battery pack you put in your pocket that has a a cable to the headset. Things like that I think are gonna be probably necessary, especially when we get into AR headsets and people wearing them out and about, not just at home for media consumption is no matter how small it gets i mean look at like iphones a great example um every version they come out with is uh you know exponentially more powerful in certain ways than the one before you know they always say oh 50 percent more battery like yada 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 but um the battery seems to always just last the same amount of time which is one day and it's because all this new processing power and the brighter screen and the better camera all takes more battery power and batteries are hard to, to shrink compared to the rest of the tech around it. So, you know, of course they're making huge progress with the M one and M two chips and the a 15 to, you know, whatever it'll be in this new headset, but there's always going to be this, um, this push and pull, between the expectations from the consumer of, you know, the the degree of increase between version one and version two and version three, and how much we can actually shrink the tech and improve the tech in in these short life cycles. So as a workaround, I could really see uh, the idea of having like a brick, like a phone sized brick in my pocket that's just processing power and batteries and then having a lighter weight headset um, that is uh, more discreet maybe than a Quest or something like this. I I think we're gonna see a lot more of of that stuff happening. And, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to say. What, what is, is possible in the world of, of shrinking and, and reducing? You know, I think we were supposed to hit the wall on Moore's Law a couple of years ago, but we keep going. So uh, I would love to see, yeah, new technologies come out that make it really easy. Uh, of course, you know, we're already seeing some with 5G. and you mentioned uh, processing in the cloud, of course, super good. Um, there's lots of rumors too around Apple for this headset, using some type of uh, hardware processing uh, off-boarding from the headset to like a local network. So if I have uh, an iPhone and a uh, iMac and my HomePod all sitting next to one another, can the headset somehow lab, uh, leverage all that processing power around me uh, instead of having to go to the cloud and back over, over my network? Uh, and and does that improve efficiency at home? It's great for at home, but on the go, um, it's not really gonna get us where we wanna be. So I think, you know, there's so many different technologies all coming together at the same time. It's super, super exciting. I think even if we like crack the matrix code on how to make things smaller and better, people's, um, you know, the consumer expectations will always move in step with what we can actually do, right? Like, I don't remember the last time they came out with an iPhone and everybody was like, wow, this is so much better. You know, usually everybody's just pissed that it's not better than it is compared to the one prior, uh, despite the incredible technological advances that have happened in only one year, right? so i think uh you know headsets will just continue to improve get smaller we use smarter materials i could see stuff um like a lot more carbon fiber coming into the mix or or fabrics or even stuff like uh um oh what's the word i'm looking for it's it's like the uh uh graphene you know graphene's an incredible new material that uh, is you know stronger than carbon fiber, much lighter than carbon fiber. I could see them starting to use graphene for these headsets, other things of this nature. Uh, so I think they'll continue to get better every generation, and the expectations will get higher, and we'll just keep pushing the industry forward
0: definitely and not to mention the improvements in terms of like energy consumption and also energy you know like solar energy for example becoming more compatible potentially i would love to see something like that i think that's the Uh, that's my vision of the future you know like people not having to uh carry around uh, you know big batteries because you know you can just charge it with solar power you know it would be awesome but uh but i i know it's a little far from reality right now but we'll see so it's definitely like um there's gonna be new things and there's gonna be like uh in a very innovative ideas in that area so i completely agree with you i love the idea of like having uh, for example like a home pod where uh, most of my processing happens and then i just i'm just basically streaming stuff that is happening on my home pod so basically everyone has a server at home i particularly love this idea um, i know for example Nvidia has been playing uh around for a while with nvidia go where you can stream games you know right. and um, you don't need you can just basically run games in a potato so you don't need anything very powerful um and so I love I, you know I love these things and um, one thing for example that I've seen from NVIDIA as well the other day was um, they've uh, come up with this uh, uh, AI kind of algorithm that you know you um, the NVIDIA servers, or maybe like your, maybe even your local uh, graphic card does part of the processing. And then the AI does the rest of the processing in an intelligent way where like, it's kind of making a lot of assumptions regarding what you're seeing and delivering a better graphic. So part of the processing is happening on the graphic card and the other part of the processing is happening on the CPU. And so I think it's interesting to envision these scenarios. And I think this kind of sets the environment for maybe um, my last question which um, I think it's gonna be kind of like a leap into the future so let's say you know three to five years from now maybe even more um, what do you think it's gonna be li- like you do you think we're gonna be wearing headsets all the time or like are we going to be in the matter the whole time um uh, do you think the platforms that we use nowadays are still going to be around i hardly think so but i would love to hear your opinion um and then you know apple with even more innovative uh, devices the mr headset becoming common i would love to hear a perspective you know around both the the devices that the hardware they're going to be using but also like uh the software that is going to be uh coming into play in the near future when all of this becomes normal and becomes widely adopts it
1: right yeah great question great conversation um i'm gonna get like philosophical about it for just a second here and if you look at the history of you know physical human communication you know written word hieroglyphics all this stuff uh we started on cave walls moved to hieroglyphics paper was invented we got into books than you know television and the internet. Um, if you look at like a blog post and a book from like the first printing press, it's like not that different, right? Two dimensions, text. You know, it's it's uh, it, it's remained fairly consistent for like most of human history. We're now moving into this new thing where. Uh, we are consuming information in three dimensions. And at first we're going to have a lot of stuff that is a floating piece of paper in front of my face. Right. But once we get through that initial phase, we're going to start asking the big design questions. Like what does it mean to stand inside of a blog article? How do I walk around a blog article? You know, and then you know, things are gonna get real interesting for the metaverse and for the future of media and information consumption in general, because we're gonna, for the first time in human history, transcend this two-dimensional informational plane and experience a more natural, three-dimensional informational plane. And like, I can't say in five years what's gonna happen, but um, if I had a kid today, When that kid's 15, um, they're going to look at this phone and think it's hilarious that all of the information and interaction and digital world was trapped in this brick of glass and metal because they're going to grow up in a world where that information is around them and they can reach out and touch it and interact with it and combine it in interesting ways.
0: Kind of Um, of like a spatial internet, you would say.
1: Exactly. Yeah, spatial computing for sure. So, um, the fabric of reality is going to change when we go through that door and we transcend this two-dimensional informational plane. Uh, When you say, are are people going to spend all the time in the metaverse? For sure. Like, there's going to be some people that uh, live in the metaverse, you know, the same way people were getting married on World of Warcraft 10 years ago. You know, people are going to live their entire digital life inside of a digital world that has a digital economy, they'll have a digital job, they'll sell digital goods, Um, you know, and who knows about the advancements in food. They might not have to leave their house. They might be in a matrix pod. At that point, just living in the metaverse. But for those of us still living in the physical world, we'll also be in a metaverse all the time. You know what I mean? Like I'll be wearing AR glasses. And if I want to swipe through my environmental filter, so I'm in the Simpsons land and all the houses are now cell shaded and everybody I walk by has a filter that makes them look like a Simpsons character, but I'm still in the physical world that's a kind of a metaverse too. And I think that there's a whole range of crazy experiences that people will have in a world like that, where, um, you know, what what what's that world like when everybody you walk by is smiling at you because it's, it's, you know, making it look like they are, right? There, there's like the whole fabric of reality will be totally different uh, at that point. So I think that people will mostly choose if they're financially able they're in the right corner of the world i think a lot of people will choose to be in that new reality more than you know what'll become baseline reality (laughs) headsetless natural world um you know compact that with stuff that's going to be going on you know a lot of tension in the world lots of environmental distress you know people will There'll be an element of escapism that people will be pursuing as well there and uh you know it's absolutely going to be as ubiquitous as smartphones are now and even more so um but the the actual impact of that is like immeasurable because it's a whole different thing and then and then you start looking like 50 years out which is crazy but like I'll be alive in 50 years, you know, and then you add tools like Neuralink into the mix and and we have access, you know, we're we're reducing this brain-computer interface load to a point where, you know, I don't have to type a chat, you know, I don't have to type a prompt into some AI tool that's going to make a little 3D model for me of a horse. I can just think of it and it'll appear. And then I'm in a world of like the hollow deck from from star trek and i can you know create realities on the fly and uh and what does that world even mean you know what what is reality when you can do when you can have power like that and why would you live in baseline reality if you had that other option so yeah that i mean i feel like our generation or, or my generation anyways i'm just about 40 as in all of human history i think we'll we'll be a very very interesting generation because i grew up without the internet but i'll be alive long enough to live in the metaverse
0: yeah it's a it's an amazing perspective i think it gives us a lot stuff to think about because it's, uh, at the same time that it's, um, it's brilliant, you know, it's amazing to imagine a world like that. It's also a little bit frightening because, you know, I know that a lot of companies and a lot of people are not going to be using it the right way, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in, sen- in, in the sense of like ethics and, and just, you know, um, how to make life better, you know, using this tool uh, rather yeah. than making it worse. So I think, you know, uh, it's a little, and I've mentioned this a couple of times in the, in the podcast. It's not because I'm a, I'm a metaverse evangelist that, you know, like, I think it's going to be this utopic, you know, new reality. I don't think it is, you know, a- a- any tool can be used in both a good way or a bad way. So I think, um, you know, it's uh, it's interesting to say the least to imagine this new environment of for mankind to live in. But nevertheless, you know, I think it's going to be um, I'm excited to see it, you know, even even to imagine the bad implications of this. I, I'm really excited to imagine it because I know what a lot of people are going to make good use of it. So, um, you know, it's definitely exciting and bright future for us to to, to think about given this scenario they just gave us. And um, I think this was the perfect way for us to wrap it up and just, you know, thank you. Thank you very much, Adam, for for being here with, with me and, and, and our listeners today. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I appreciate you. Thanks for the invite. Uh, it's a pleasure as always to, to jam on these ideas and chat with you about it. We always, you know, interesting points always come up. It's always a good time. So uh, yeah, thanks very much to you and, and anyone listening.
0: Yeah, thank you. It was a pleasure to have you here. So, uh, as my last question, you know, just so we can, uh, just so we can end the, the the session, can you tell us a little bit about some of your future projects and something that you were working on right now that you think it's exciting to share? And um, yeah, we would love to hear it.
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, Polyform Studios, always my biggest project. Um, we're constantly growing and evolving as a company we've got about 30 designers and developers now we produce you know somewhere around i think last year we we designed and shipped 28 software products for our clients whether it's in the metaverse or blockchain related or ios apps or whatever so there's always lots to do going on there. So we're always working hard finding new clients, uh, helping them out and uh, and helping them grow and growing ourselves. Um, uh, beyond that, you know, at Polyform Labs, we are always shipping new interesting uh, conceptual or actual design projects. Um, we have a real fun one we're working on right now. Um, working title is storybook ai but we'll have a better name for it when we drop in the next couple of weeks but uh, essentially we've just taken uh, chat gpt and mid journey and mashed it up into a platform that uh, parents can go on to generate a bedtime story for their kid a picture story so you can put in the name of your kid, how old they are, how long you want the story to be, you can select the character type, is it a dog, humans, mermaids, location, underwater, in space, whatever, and then the moral of the story, is it about being brave, is it about being compassionate, whatever, and it'll generate a um, uh, iPad ready PDF of the story with pictures and a bit of story on each page, and, uh, and then you can re-roll the images or the, the story on any one of the pages to make, make it better. Um, you'll be able to save it and uh, see all the different save stories that the community have made, save those to your library as well, and, and uh, share them with your child and just, you know, have something a little bit more fun than reading the same book every night. <laughs> uh, so we've got that going on and then, uh, so that'll, We'll open up the waitlist this month in January, and then that product will drop, I hope, first week of March. Um, And then uh, we also have dropping in February, uh, the version two of our uh, Skinner counter surveillance jacket. So this is super exciting too, something we've been working on for several years. Uh, The Skinner is a tech wear outerwear jacket, you know, it's like hydrophobic, it's great for winter sports, stuff like this, it's its all the same kind and quality of materials as brands like Arcteryx, but it also makes you invisible to uh, most forms, if not all forms of mass surveillance, uh, just by wearing it. So, you know, that's a whole other discussion, the whole surveillance uh, um, kind of capitalism system in North America and how it's been used um, unlawfully by Uh, the state uh you know especially surrounding like the blm protests and stuff that have happened in recent years so we wanted to make a tool to help people combat this constant penetration of their privacy that's easy to use and uh discreet and that's what the skinner jacket's all about we're actually going to drop a kickstarter around that in february and uh uh, that's mainly due to like the COVID situation in China right now. It's just hard for us to have an exact date when we're going to have all the jackets in hand. So we figure we'll do a Kickstarter, it'll be a fun little marketing play and uh, we'll be able to ship people out their jackets as soon as we have them. So tons of fun stuff going on over at Polyform as usual. Um, I'll, I'll leave it at that and say, you know, if you uh, want any further information, just Check out the Polyform website at polyform.co.
0: Amazing. I particularly love the the children's project. Uh, I think, you know, amazing, really, really cool, because I think it generates a positive impact in the world and I love it. And um, I think that if you make it uh, ready for uh, Alexa devices, you know, for Echo Dot, and mm. that, uh, then you're golden, you know, then you're... It's a great <laughs> idea. Yeah. Like, I think it's going to be awesome because then they can just, you know, like having like an Echo Dot besides their beds and then just, you know, Alexa, give me um some type of I don't know like and then they can have their own prompts there. So I think it's gonna be really uh, interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've also been thinking about having a kind of self-publishing back end on it. So if you want to order a physical version of the book, you can. There's uh there's tons of of uh drop shipping style print on demand companies out there we can easily integrate into the product. So Lots of opportunity. I think super fun, as you said, just focused on positive impact as we always are at Polyform. And uh, hopefully the people like it. I have a feeling they will.
0: Definitely, I love it already. And um, you kind of you kind um, uh, of already said that if people want to follow up with these news, they can uh, go to polyform.co. Uh, are there any other links that you would like to share uh, where people can follow up with you or maybe your work?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, anybody can feel free to to track me down on LinkedIn. Uh, just search Adam Kyle Wilson, and uh, I'm the only guy that pops up, I think. And uh, give me a follow. I'm always posting about new AR stuff or AI stuff, whatever we're working on at Polyform. Um, you can check out Polyform Studio on Twitter as well. We uh, have kind of just gotten back into the Twitter game recently, so... Uh, Trying to be more active there, but I'm for sure always super active on LinkedIn. Anybody can hunt me down there. And uh, all the major updates we uh, we try to post to the website. And uh, we'll actually be dropping a new version of the website at the start of March. So uh, be on the lookout for that as well.
0: Awesome. Amazing. Adam, once again, thank you very much, man, for being uh, here with us today. It was an amazing, amazing conversation. So really, thank you. And uh, you guys, if you want to follow Adam, just, you know, he already gave you all the steps. If you guys want to follow me, uh, keep up with my updates. You already know it. It's Eli Santos on LinkedIn, EOI Space Santos. If you guys need metaverse services or consulting, also head to metavertising.ai, book a meeting with me there or maybe just send me a DM on LinkedIn. I would love to discuss your project. And and yeah, that's basically it. Thank you very much, everyone. And I'll see you in the next episode.